When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Owijan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, and many others. Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. Of course, it's on Stitcher as well, but, you know, many other apps. <laughs> I'm your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Owijan. Great to be on board once again today. Minnesota Wild last week, well... Things looked so promising. Things looked so good. The Wild were in first place for a minute, and then we played the Vegas Golden Knights. Things got uh, things looked oh so positive, and then not so much later on in the third period, and a minor controversy sprung at the end of the uh, first game versus Vegas, and then the second one, the Wild got dropped. So ultimately, the Wild go two and two in four games the past week. Is the dream over? Well, no. Of course the dream isn't over, but it wasn't the best week in the history of the world or the history of the Wild organization. But in some ways, maybe, hopefully, there's a major positive outcome that could come out of this, and that was the scratching of Zach Parisi, that it's the beginning of a true accountability and that the country club days could hopefully finally be at an end, or at least near an end, because we're still stuck with Parisi Suter for a while, depending on some type of miracle trade. And we all know how that could turn out if things go awry with the, with the future team for those two players is the old cap recaptured nonsense that could rear its ugly head hopefully it wouldn't be as bad as <laughs> as it could be uh, up to like 40 million in cap uh, uh, cap hit on the wild with the two players i'm doubting that day will ever happen that it would ever get that bad but uh, i guess you never know uh, at the end of the day would i miss parisi if he left no um, a little bit, I would miss the history, I would miss the uh, the memories, some of the big goals and, and all that good stuff, but there has been, uh, <clears throat> there has been uh, a country club atmosphere in that organization for a long time, and people for the longest time in the past kept wondering, what could it be, what's wrong with the Wild? Well, we know what it was, we know what it was, it was the country club atmosphere, and of course, Zach Carizzi's double shift situation at the end of the regulation versus the Golden Knights ended up costing the Wild dearly. A double shift, all because, oh, I wanted to help Felino get a hat trick. Then Felino goes off the ice, you know, because it's time for the shift change, and Spurizzi still doesn't go off the ice. So wrap your head around that one. And, of course, uh, in his six-minute uh, 
press conversation, we'll call it like Zoom, Zoom call, whatever with the media, Michael Russo and such, Kevin Gorg <clears throat> and others. It was mostly like uh, I felt I sensed a tone deaf behavior, a tone deaf attitude from Zach Parisi afterward. Go ahead and disagree and get mad at me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell like it is. I'm gonna tell like it is. I didn't like what I heard at all. Uh, he of course didn't agree with the decision to be scratched in that next game was Parisi, and then of course that's a big surprise. And he felt he did nothing wrong basically. And I don't know. And like bleep happens, that kind of thing. And is it gonna is it is he gonna use it for motivation? He said no. I'm just gonna get over it and move on. Tone deaf. I think that was tone deaf uh, behavior. That was that sounded like a guy who's tone deaf. And I had a lot of respect for Zach Parisi for many years. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. There, there's a reason why the Wild didn't have a whole lot of success in the Parisian Suter era, and we're seeing it more and more. That's why Bill Guerin has been so willing to move on from country club players that wanted to come here despite despite their talent, wanted to kind of come here and just kind of you know put in their roots, blah blah blah, which sounds cute and everything, you know, but. This isn't your team. This is a team, not your team, so to speak. You don't own the whole team. You know, you're you're one of the players in the locker room, maybe one of the leaders, but that kind of selfish behavior is not gonna not gonna fly. And go go <laughs> go, Bill Guerin for that. Bill Guerin and Dean Everson, job well done on that one. I applaud that. So I wanted to open up the show with that. I suppose the games against the LA Kings very positive. Minnesota ended the month of February very positively. We appreciate it in a big, big way. Of course, winning the last six games of the month after getting shut out by Jonathan Quick on the 16th. That was one of the nasty games where the Wild came back from, uh, you know, came back from the whole COVID protocols and they were very depleted. They, we, you get the idea, were very depleted. Uh, you had defensemen you had never heard of before, unless you really. Uh, <laughs> Unless you really pay attention to every player out there, basically. You know, like Dakota Mermis and all that. It's like, good luck to him and everything. God bless him. But most people had never heard of him. Obviously, us that keep up with the team uber close because we're doing podcasts and radio shows and such, we've heard of him. But at the same time, had we really seen him play? No. Some some of us may have a little bit. But uh, not everybody has the time to keep up with every single player on the planet. And uh, that's just how that goes. Every single player in the organization, you know, and they're not necessarily one of the bigger prospects. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the first win against the LA Kings was very positive. That was February. I had it up. <laughs> I had it up and I lost it. I apologize. But a 3-1 to one win. Positive situation there. At the, end of month, at the end of the month here. February the 26th, of course. The whole thing completely died on me. So I apologize. Again, a 3-1 win. You had a back-to-back situation. Cam Talbot would return the next night, but Capo Kakan continues his extremely, extremely strong play. Actually, this was the Talbot game. The 3-1 to one win. Yeah, very strong performance by Talbot. It was Kakan in the next game. I apologize for that silliness. Kaprizov had another goal. Very happy moment for him. Jordan Greenway got out of his uh, minor little quiet streak. Jules Ertzenek also added a goal there. A very legitimate, nice, solid one. Fiala Bukestad even adding one in along the way. The Wild end up winning 3-1. to one, A very positive vibe coming out of the game. Eriksson Ek with his 7th. Bukestad his 3rd. Kaprizov his 5th. But again, we want him to continue shooting. But, uh, well, Zuccarill and Kaprizov definitely have that nice chemistry. And it was a beauty for Kirill Kaprizov. The Wild end up beating Jonathan Quick with 3 goals. Not a bad performance for Quick, actually. He was pretty solid throughout the night, facing uh, 30 shots, but giving up the 3 goals. Uh, very strong, solid, positive feeling. Uh, seeing Kaprizov get his fifth goal of the season. He continues to lead the Wild in goals, or not goals, but points for the year, which is fantastic. 
we appreciate it in a huge, huge way. But, uh, you know, I'm still, it's, it's still sticking in my craw what happened the last couple of games in Vegas. That's the thing. It's like, that's, <laughs> I don't want to be negative about everything. It's just that, you know, that's, it's sticking in my craw for whatever reason. Obviously, you can probably guess why. We had Vegas beat. I mean, we look like the Blackhawks out there. We look like the 2010-2013 Chicago Blackhawks out there. Um, just moving the puck around, tic-tac-toe type of goalies and just air goals and just making big plays. Capo Kakinen would give up three goals and a 4-3 to three victory over Kelvin Peterson, who was extremely frustrated. He faced 42 shots. The Wild were very solid throughout the night, attacking and peppering Calvin Peterson. He was extremely frustrated as the Wild ended up stealing it away. Obviously going up 3-1 to one and then giving up the lead completely. 3-0, uh, to nothing, pardon me, again, giving up three goals. Unbelievable. Three goals, Drew Doughty, Austin Weiger, and Andre, uh, Adrian Kemper. Multiple power plays for the LA Kings in this one. Two power play goals, which hurts the Wilds. Uh, hurts the Wilds penalty kill, which is one of our strong points. Jewel Erickson that Kevin Fiala working together on the first one. He just continues to put the puck in the net. Greasy goals, and that's what that's what matters at the end of the day. Nico Sturm, a close goal to the net, but again, a good play, very good play by Nico Sturm. He looks really good. And Kirill Kaprizov working with uh, Victor Rask at the end of the day, getting the third goal of the game. Uh, putting the Wild up 3 nothing, You just felt so good. You felt so positive. But then, of course, uh, the LA Kings tie it up. The Wild go all the way down to the last second. Of course, this was one of the most beautiful... Uh, most beautiful to the eyes. Uh, you'll see the North Star colors and the uh, classic uh, early 80s, late 70s, Los Angeles Kings colors. My goodness, this was before Gretzky got there, of course. They look kind of like the LA Lakers, but, you know, more interesting, <laughs> I would say, than the Los Angeles Lakers. Um with that purple uh, purple jerseys. Not the ones with the black, but the old school ones, the purple and gold ones. Look like the Vikings, look like the uh, <laughs> look like the uh, Los Angeles Lakers out there. Very nice. Uh, Kelvin Peterson, again, peppered all night. But in the Wild, finally able to finish in overtime. He thought, oh boy, you know, we're 3-0 and in overtime. Can we continue this amazing streak in overtime? Because we actually put the right players out there this time around. We don't have the Parisi, Suters, and Eric Stalls out there. We're moving about five miles an hour when everyone else is skating around us. Of all, uh, and that's why the Wilds' overtime record was so bad over the last several years. Because the country club players got to be out there, boy. Country club only. Parisi, Suter, <laughs> you know, guys like that. And uh, Eric Stahl or Koivu. Country club all the way, baby. But uh, luckily, not been the case. You're finally getting the younger guys out there, and you feel so much better. But uh, <laughs> Matt Dumba able to finish one of the most spectacular passes you'll ever see from Matt Zuccarillo. Fighting, against, uh, fighting along the wall. And kind of a behind-the-back, perfectly angled pass, perfectly timed pass, tape-to-tape. I don't know how he did it to Matt Dumba. I don't know how he did this either. Was able to get the puck, make enough of a move to foil Calvin Peterson and release it just in the nick of time. Literally a walk-off victory for the Minnesota Wild in OT for Matt Dumba with his sixth power play, or excuse me, his sixth overtime goal, which of course are all game winners, duh. Uh, he's pretty clutch in overtime. Dumba, in the in the overtime period and late in the third, I was kind of going off on him a little bit. He was making weird little mistakes. He was falling over. He was struggling a bit, uh, out of position, mishandling the puck. I was getting mad at him. And then he ends up winning the game for us. So I felt a little better afterward. But, of course, Dumba, the last well, X amount of years, has been rough around the edges. But when his offensive game is on, it's, it's fun. Uh, that was a good move. Obviously, his skating ability is fantastic. Nice to see Matt Dumba get the Minnesota Wild a victory. And we can all feel better, at least for that night. 
Unfortunately, that would be our last win for a while. The Minnesota Wild would move into first place and play the Golden Knights the next day. We'd move into first place for about an hour. Golden Knights would win and move a point ahead of the Minnesota Wild. And it's the first place showdown in the Western Division Conference, whatever the heck you want to call it. We'll call it Western Division. Uh, kind of like the big old days, the big, big, bad, good old days in the National Hockey League, I guess you can call it. Um, Vegas one point ahead of Minnesota at the time. The showdown. The Wild go back and forth with the King, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. They look like kings, but they're knights. Man, they've been... Oh, boy, they've been fantastic, haven't they? Cody Glass would score. Uh, it would be a first... The first trade was kind of a grinded-out chance after chance for both clubs, but both goaltenders were absolutely spectacular. Cam Talbot was fantastic in the first period. He would face 40 shots in the game, or 39, pardon me. Marc-Andre Fleury, who's been basically lights out this whole time this year. Now he's basically regained the, the the lead job for the time being. We'll see how things go with Robin Leonard and such. They brought him in. They brought Robin Leonard in to be the main guy and to possibly trade Fleury away. But um, for the Wild, to go down early with Cody Glass, good play. Mark Stone, one of his fantastic passes. He's the best passer on the Vegas Golden Knights by a mile, and he can also score goals. Uh, obviously one of those kind of players. He's like a super Matizucarillo, you could say, for the uh, Golden Knights. And he's also become the first captain in Vegas Golden Knights history. He finally got the, uh, they finally officially gave it to him, of course. Mark Stone acquired late in the second season of Vegas Golden Knights history. A part of that team that went up 3 nothing against the Sharks against uh, Peter Dubois <laughs> and ended up, uh, <laughs> ended up getting beat by uh, the Sharks as they had a quote-unquote furious rally. Sharks would go all the way to the West Finals only to be obliterated by the St. Louis Blues at the end of the day. Um, good run by them, though uh, getting even getting past Colorado was pretty impressive. And then a year later, Dubois gets fired, Gerald Gallant gets fired, Dubois winds up with the Vegas Golden Knights. That is what it is. <laughs> Gerald Gallant. Mark Stone officially became captain at the start of this season. As they just had three uh, alternates and all that. But again, beautiful pass by Mr. Mark Stone. Jordan Greenway would have a takeaway and finish a big play. His third goal of the season. Uh, Fiala, multiple chances throughout the course of these games uh, with takeaways and attacking. Unfortunately, unable to finish because Marc-Andre Fleury has just been that good. Even though he's given up goals, generally speaking, he's been lights out. And he was very much lights out last night in the 5-1 to annihilation of the Minnesota Wild at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. That was disappointing, to say the least. Marcus Foligno. No, Marcus Foligno was at a hell of a week. Fifth goal of the season from Jonas Brodeen would make it 2-1. to one. It feels so much better. And then you could see the power play. Vegas Golden Knights go on the power play. You could just kind of see the play develop. Uh, you could just see things develop. The Wild couldn't get the puck out of the zone. That was the big disappointment there. When Max Pacioretty was all by himself, it's like, oh, that's a goal. That's a goal. One-timer from Mark Stone. Yet another assist for Mark Stone. 15 on the year at that point. I Frustrating there. Um, you just saw it. You just saw the play develop. You saw Pacioretty kind of get, get free. Was it uh, Carson Soucy's man or what? It sure looked like it would have been Carson Soucy's guy. I uh, should have stuck with him there, but unfortunately Soucy went closer to the middle to try to deny a centering pass, but there was no centering pass to be had. It was just uh, out there, kind of on the flank, you could say, to uh, <laughs> Max Pacioretty, not quite in the flank, but close to it, and a quick, easy release. And it was too late, too little, too late for... Cam Talbot at that point. Then it's a tie game. He just figured, oh, damn, well, oh, well. It was nice while it lasted. Nice while it lasted. Watch Vegas take over now. No, the Wild ended up getting two goals, and again, you felt like you're the Chicago Blackhawks all of a sudden. Nico Sturm would get his first assist in the, in the in the regular season history for him. 
obviously his his points last year were all in the, in the minor postseason in the bubble last year. <laughs> Nick Benino would hit his second goal of the season. You felt good for him on that fourth line, fourth line center. I like the I like the uh, the leadership he brings to this team, despite the fact he's not going to score a whole lot, this and that. But at least at least he's solid. He's steady. If you keep him, hopefully it's at a reasonable price. Obviously, he he, he might be the guy that gets kept. We'll see. More likely actually than uh, <laughs> uh, um, Mr. Johansson at the end of the day. Marcus Johansson. There's so many Johansons. Aye, 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 right? Uh, Marcus Foligno, just a beauty from Parisi, attacking to the attacking the net and able to finish again close to the net, which was great. Right before the end of the second period, a sixth goal of the year. Foligno, just an amazing week. But then the Vegas Golden Knights in the third period would just, you know, you just kind of felt it. Again, the Wild couldn't get the puck out of the zone time in, time and time again. It just felt like Vegas was just the better team in that third period. Even though the Wild would have opportunities, Flurry would, <laughs> Flurry, despite giving up four goals in two periods, would remain in the game and would end up collecting the victory in this one because he was outstanding the rest of the game despite the opportunities the Wild would have time and time again. Stone, yet another assist. Nicholas Haig. And that was an extremely frustrating situation where it ended up being an odd man rush. Like, it just felt like, what just happened here? I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I, it, it was a bit stunning. Um, it's like everybody just kind of fell asleep for a split second, and then Nicholas Haig, is, uh, I know Nick, uh, Mark Stone has the puck with the takeaway, actually White Cloud, gets it to Stone, over to Haig, who was pretty much by himself, one-on-one with uh, Cam Talbot, and he finished. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Four to three. Minnesota still with the lead, though, with seven and a half minutes remaining. But Vegas would just continue to pepper Cam Talbot throughout the game. The Wild just couldn't finish the job, couldn't get the empty net when they had golden opportunities. And then Jack Parisi does the double shift, the old double shift, which kind of left you stunned and frustrated and irritated. Um... Parisi. I mean, you know, he wanted to get Felino that power, that uh, that hat trick. Has Felino ever had a hat trick? And you know, he was asking him, he ever had a hat trick? He said, no. Well, let's go get it on the uh, the empty net. Trying to force anything is not going to get it done. It, it's fun and everything. It's cool, but uh, give someone else a chance if, if it's not uh, Felino. Felino. But it's the the most telling part of the whole situation, though, to me, is the fact that even Felino went off the ice for the line change, and Parisi didn't. If you were out there to help Felino get a hat trick, get off the bleeping ice when Felino goes off. It's over. It's over. Done. Go. Go, 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 go. He doesn't get off. And he's gassed. Oh, he's gassed. Just like Ryan Suter was gassed, you know, all the time. Well, you're gassed because you're a selfish-ass player. And, you know, you're getting coaches fired. Multiple coaches fired over the course of time because the coach gets blamed for that situation, for those type of things. Uh, it's the coach's fault. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a bad coach. Either he doesn't control the players or just the team's losing. And when the team's losing, whoa, the coach sucks, you know. No, sometimes the players are selfish asses. And, you know, they have too much power. The Parisis and Suiters have too much power. Uh, and they always have. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. Big problem. And I don't want to come on here and just bash and rip on Zach Parisi. I'm sure a lot of you want to hear mostly good things about Zach Parisi, about the career he's uh, brought into Minnesota. It's been fun, it's been entertaining, but there are things behind the scenes about these players that are not all good. It's just a fact. Uh, It's a fact. There's been selfish behavior throughout this organization for years, and I'm very happy to see (laughs) 
Bill Guerin and Dean Evison put their foot down and say, Zach, you're scratched. And Zach admitted that was why he was scratched, where uh, Dean Evison did not admit it. He just said, no, no, we're not going to really get into that. And, of course, Zach said, yeah. When uh, <laughs> and He just gave him the yeah answer when uh, <laughs> Michael Russo asked him the question. Of course, again, this was on the goal, uh, Alex Tuck's goal, basically a redirect one-timer, mostly redirect from yet another Mark Stone play. My goodness, the guy just racks up the assists. 17 assists on the air. He's a he's a solid goal scorer, but he's an even better passer. Mark Stone, it's like he's a winger. Yeah, you know, he's kind of like the, yeah, he's the Kaprizov of the Golden Knights, plain and simple. He's the best player on the Golden Knights, and he's a fantastic, fantastic passer. Unbelievable vision. <sighs> and it just figures that of all people, it was Alex Bleep and Tuck that would uh, tie the game. The guy that we just kind of gave away because, gosh darn it, you're not getting Dumba from us. You're not getting Dumba. It's not going to happen, you sons of bitches. Well, oh well, you know. I mean, uh, it would have sucked to lost Dumba, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, would you rather have Tucker Dumba? I don't know. Uh, losing Halla wasn't good either. He had a fantastic year until he got injured last year with his knee. That was too bad. Um, <laughs> Halla, you don't really hear a whole lot about him anymore, unfortunately. Not been the same player since returning from that injury. Crying shame. Is Tuck a superstar? No, but he's he's damn good, and he's been playing on the third line most of the time with Vegas. And he's a player I'm sure the Wild would love to have back if they could, but it is what it is. Uh, Dumba had his moments, obviously, in the past, and yeah, I'm seeing the replay of that redirect right now. It's just like, ay, ay, ay. You know, there's nothing like giving up giving up that goal really late in the game. I mean, just an insane pass by uh, Mark Stone. Perfectly timed. Oh, you know, I wish he was on the wild. I do. He, he, I really like him. <laughs> I really like Mark Stone. He's like Zuccarello and Kaprizov kind of together. He's kind of like a mix of the two. Uh, the, the passing, the timing, the intelligence, the vision. I, I wish he was on the wild. I wish. Okay, I kind of wish he was our captain. You know, and nothing against Spurgeon. Okay, no, nothing against uh, Spurgeon. I wish Spurgeon was a little more productive offensively this year. He's certainly vanished. But um, man, <laughs> it would be pretty damn cool. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah, Mark Stone got the assist on Max Pacioretty's overtime goal, too. <laughs> yeah. who? I mean, five assists for Mark Stone. Five. Five assists. All five goals. He's a plus three. Five assists for Mark Stone. I mean, what what more can you say? He's uh, it, When there's going to be a Vegas Golden Knights uh, player of the week, whatever, it's the Mark Stone Award. It, it's over. It's the Mark Stone Award, even though he's like, you know, I don't even think he's 30 years old yet. <laughs> he's like 29 yeah 92 he's like Charlie Coyle's age um, boy Charlie Coyle Mark Stone hmm I can't imagine who I'd prefer between those two guys no but yeah Vegas wins 5-4 we got a point out of it though we, 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 we got a point so stop complaining right we got to take what we can get yeah well, we didn't get a point last night on March the 3rd well, yep, that was of course March the 1st the dramatic comeback by Vegas Mark Stone got his 19,000 assists. That's just how he, that's just how he rolls, right? <laughs> yeah, Mark Stone, man. <laughs> he got a goal and an assist last night in the 5-1 to one demolition derby. Fifth goal of the year, yeah. Only five goals, so he's kind of like Kaprizov that way. He, he scores when he's, you know, he scores when convenient. He scores when it's uh, when it's allowed, right? He scores when it's allowed. But then his, his passing skills are just ridiculous. Man, and Tuck obviously, or not obviously, Tuck also added... Uh, his ninth goal of the season. Vegas would go up 2 nothing. You'd feel good. Uh, Marcus Foligno would score from two tough, rough and tough defense in Cole and Susie. Kind of the third line and, and third uh, third pairing out there. 
not the fourth line, but third line and fourth pairing out there with Susie and Cole teaming up right in the midway point of the game to make it two to one. So you figured we still got a shot here. It's not over. But then the floodgates opened and things just got worse. And Vegas just looked like the better team the entire night, the whole night. Uh, we looked like the Minnesota Wild were like the better team about two thirds of the game against Vegas. But that third period was was really something. It was really something on March the 1st, where last night it was the whole game. Just maybe some, some minor moments there in the second period. The Wild looked like they had a shot in early third period. And the Wild were peppering Flurry for a while there. And then when nothing was going in and Vegas would get some opportunities, odd man rushes, some uh, scoring chances, they started capitalizing on him. Talbot was kind of left out to dry multiple occasions in the game. And it was just like, ah, you know, it was depressing, extremely. Uh, Carlson would get an empty netter. Yeah, he's been quiet most of the year, unfortunately. He's not going to get 43 goals ever again. Marcia Schultz also put him up 2 nothing. Those are the some of the guys from that first uh, Vegas team that went to the cup final. I mean, you know, Tuck was on that team too. It's too bad Stone wasn't there. But uh, some of those original Vegas Golden Knights, there's always going to be a always going to be a special charm to those guys because they went all the way in the first season together. And, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury wanted them as well. <sighs> Fleury, man, when he's on, he is on, and there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, the Wild did get shots. They did get opportunities. They weren't all spectacular, but some of them were pretty good, and Fleury was just, you know, he was, he was damn good. Obviously, there were a lot of shots blocked by the Golden Knights. Very tough, defensive-minded team and opportune at scoring. They, they, You know, the Golden Knights are a team. They play as a team. And that's why they're so damn good. Uh, you know, there isn't like a super megastar, though, you know, Mark Stone is, is close to that. He's just not. He's not a megastar, but he's a star. He's definitely a star. Uh, he'd be an all-star in, in my mind if I had a vote. He would be in the all-star game for sure, as you can kind of tell. 19 assists. My God. Guy is tearing it up tearing it up, and I, 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 I wish he was in green, but of course, uh, Vegas gave up, a, you know, they gave up a mother load to get uh, Mark Stone out of Vegas, out of Vegas, out of Ottawa, pardon me. Oh boy, well, you get the idea, huh? The Mike Madonna Award for this episode, it's going to go to Felino. Hell of a week, strong, solid, leadership, tough, and goals, goal scoring. He's actually a double-digit guy right now, not in goals, but he probably will be by the end of the year in the goal category. Very strong week. Seven goals on the season for Polino. Only Felino. Only one behind Erickson Eck. Strong year for him so far. 12 points. So he's like a two-thirds of a point a game right now. That's where Felino's at. I don't think he's going to sustain that. I don't think he's a 50-point guy or anything like that. But he could be a 40-point guy if he keeps it up uh, in, a, in a real year. You know, like an 82-game season. Uh, but right behind Eck, though, Jewel, Jewel Erickson Eck for goals total goals on the season. Very impressive and strong week for Marcus Foligno with the toughness, the solid play and all that. Uh, Kaprizov would have some beautiful opportunities, just didn't finish on, on some or he would not he would not shoot. There was a golden opportunity yesterday where the Wild were trailing 2-1 to one, and Kaprizov had the puck and he, he had an angle. All he had to do was make one move pretty much just kind of be, make like a, a first step towards Flurry. He might have had a shot. He might have been one-on-one one with Flurry. I like our chances with Kaprizov. If you're going to have anybody one-on-one with Flurry, I'd like to see it be Kaprizov. It could have been a beauty. But instead, he just kind of hung onto the puck and tried to pass it. It was breaked up, broken up, pardon me. Centering pass, broken up. And, uh, you know, two, two minutes later, 
It was the third goal for Vegas. It was just, you know, shoot the puck. Shoot the puck, Carell. Please shoot the puck. Shoot the puck, Carell. That's all I got to say about that. Just shoot the puck and then, you know, attack attack the net. He could have attacked the net and made a move, I think, but he just didn't do it, unfortunately. The uh, James Stripper Memorial, Zach Parisi, obviously, just uh, selfish, selfish decision, selfish play, selfish, and let the team down in a big way. And it's crap like that that has hurt the Wild for many years. Like, again, like I'll say a billion times, Suter was gassed. Yeah, because Suter refused to come off the ice, That which is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit, and it needs to stop uh, stuff like that. It's it's hurt the team for a long time. <sighs> we could say all we want of how good Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter are and how much they mean to the team and this and that, but if that kind of behavior is who they are, well, <laughs> yeah, they've hurt the team also. As much as they've helped the team, they've hurt the team as well multiple times over the course of these many years they've been at the Wild, and uh, hopefully they stop hurting the team in the future. Nice to see guys getting scratched and some discipline being issued out at long bleeping last. With that said, we'll take a break and come back and preview four games against, well, <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes and Phoenix, not in Phoenix, and Vegas Golden Knights. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. We're going to preview four games against two teams, so it'll be kind of like, in a way, previewing two and one. It's a it's a two-for-one sale. You know, it's a good deal. It's a, it's a good deal, right? Now we get to finally play Arizona, back-to-back, Friday and Saturday, college hockey, right? Kind of like the Gophers and the uh, uh, Arizona State Sun Devils. Well, hopefully it's similar, because the, Wild, the Gophers usually beat the Arizona State Sun Devils. I don't know. Power play is still the worst in the league for Minnesota. Arizona is 16th, penalty kill the Wild, and Arizona right up there. 9th for Arizona, 7th for Minnesota. Penalty minutes right around the same 20th and 18th, so slightly less disciplined in Arizona's case. Only 5-minute difference there. Goals against Arizona is 18th in the league with 64 given up, and the Wild 54, despite two games in a row with 5 goals against. Still 9th in the league, not bad. Uh, goals for the Wild are 15th, but have moved up quite a bit from down in the 20s. And Arizona struggling to score, 23rd in the National Hockey League. John Hayden, with uh, left winger for Arizona when it comes to injuries, COVID-19 protocol as of Feb 27th, so he probably won't be involved. Lower body injury for Connor Garland and Darcy Kemper. Lower body injury on Feb 24, left game. Mm, well, that doesn't sound good. And, of course, Ryan Hartman not being out there didn't help either yesterday. I apologize for not even bringing that up. But so focused on the whole Parisi situation. That didn't help, obviously, for, for the third line. No Parisi or Hartman. Definitely tough situation there. And it's still an undisclosed injury for Marcus Johansson. He does not return since Feb 20th. But a lower body injury for Ryan Hartman. Not really sure what that is. They say it's day-to-day. That sounds like an ankle, maybe like a sprained knee or something like that. But uh, unfortunate. Hopefully he'll be okay. Ryan Hartman, they say day-to-day, according to Dean Evison. The first game of eight with Minnesota and Arizona will play on the play on the 5th, of course. That's coming up. Then the 6th, then the 12th of March, the 14th of March, the 16th of March. So we're going to really play Arizona a lot in the next two weeks. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's 12 days. And then April 14th, that's Chloe's 
Chloe the cat's birthday, her 31st, if she was still living. 31-year-old 30, cat, can you imagine? Uh, then the 19th of April and 21st of April. We wrap up the eight-game season series with Zona, big Zona. Wild, of course, two for three in our, or two and three in our last five. Three and two, pardon me. Arizona struggled a bit, of course. Uh, beating Anaheim on the 24th of Feb, 4-3. to three. Postponed on the 25th versus Colorado. I'm guessing they made it up in the next couple days because why would it be three games in a row, potentially? Uh, 26th and 27th. They lost both of them. 3-2 three, three to two on the 26th and 6-2 to two Demolition Derby on the 27th of February. March the 3rd, the Arizona Coyotes defeated the LA Kings 3-2. to two. So that was just yesterday. Good for them in Los Angeles. Arizona. They got players like Clayton, uh, Clayton Keller, of course Kemper, but is he going to even play in the game? Not sure. The Wild have had interesting success against Kemper. Uh, Ante Ranta. Aiden Hill beat the Wild a couple of years ago. Very frustrating loss for Minnesota as he just shut us down. He's been the third string goalie off and on for Arizona. They do believe in him. He's a young up-and-comer potentially for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Connor Garland with 20 points on the year. Very, very, very uh, efficient but one of the stories for Arizona this season has been Jacob Shikrin, Shikrin, if I'm saying it right, Shikrin, Shikrin, and very, very solid up-and-comer for Arizona. Revely emerged. He'd been quiet his first couple of years in the league, but he has become excellent on the power play and such. Six power play assists, seven total points for him on the power play. 16 points in 22 games for Jacob Shikrin. If I'm saying it, uh, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, I apologize if not. But he's definitely been one of the stars of Arizona this season. Him and Connor Garland, Phil Castle, the Wiley veteran who wanted no part of the Minnesota years ago, and whatever, that's fine. Now with that contract and his, uh, he's dropped off a bit, but still 16 points. Christian Dvorak, Dvorak is the goal-scoring leader for Arizona at the moment, nine on the season with seven assists. He's also got 16 points. And Schmalzalt from Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks. 15 points, 7 goals, 7 assists. Clayton Keller, exact same numbers. 7 goals, 8 assists for 15 points for Clayton Keller. At least a lot of these guys have stayed healthy. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, the former Gopher, and son of Lance Pitlick, NHLer, of course, all Minnesotas. Uh, Lance Pitlick was also a Gopher many years ago, back in the 80s. Tyler Pitlick, he's doing okay, but only 6 total points. Valuable player for the Gophers in the past. And Johan Larson, former Wild player and Buffalo Sabre, traded in the, uh, that was in the Pominville trade, I believe. Yes, that was in the Jason Pominville trade years ago when we acquired Pominville, not traded him back there <laughs> years ago. Him and Matt Hackett heading to the, uh, when they were looked on, both of them were looked on as decent prospects for Minnesota. Neither one of them really panned out too much. Larson, just a fourth line, occasional goal scorer, and Hackett couldn't crack it <clears throat> in the NHL, pardon me. Former, uh, he was the nephew of Jeff Hackett, a solid goaltender in the NHL with Montreal and Chicago and such, but uh, did not end up. Uh, but uh, Matthew Hackett did not end up being real good, unfortunately. Galagasi only one point. Former Gopher again. Lots of Minnesota ties with the Arizona Coyotes. <sighs> Clayton Keller's a guy I would love to have. Actually, I wouldn't mind having Clayton Keller on Minnesota, but um, yeah, he just, I don't know, he's not really emerged to the, to the to the level a lot of people thought he would be. They thought he'd be like what Connor Garland is doing right now, about a point a game, and it's just not been happening for him, unfortunately. Uh, but some nice nice emergence for some young guys. Arizona would not be in the playoffs today with a 10-9-3 record. They'd be fifth place, which is out of the playoffs at the moment. How many points are they behind Minnesota? We have two games at hand 
over Arizona, and we're two points ahead of Arizona, so we definitely have an advantage. I do believe the top four teams in the West standings right now will be the playoff teams. That's just my belief. Like, Anaheim's not going to make it. San Jose's not going to make it. The Kings shouldn't. And I don't think Arizona's at the level either, but we'll see. Games like this, and you got eight games eight games remaining with this club, you got to win them. you gotta, you got to have a winning record versus this team head-to-head uh, -head at the end of the day. Score on that damn power play, but I guess ninth place uh, penalty kill, I don't know, with the 31st place power play in Minnesota. At least uh, Arizona's is in, right in the middle at 16th. What's going to happen coming up? Wild got to at least get a split here. At least get a split on the road against Arizona. Hoping for a sweep. I'm going to predict a sweep. I think the Wild sweep Arizona. I think we respond nicely after that 5-1 demolition. I think they're angry. I think they're hungry and ready to go. Them being the Minnesota Wild, of course. Kirill Kaprizov will get his 7th goal of the season versus the Arizona Coyotes at the end of the day. 7th goal of the season for Kirill Kaprizov on Friday. Minnesota wins 4-2 over the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe the trap game is Saturday. Maybe Aiden Hill's in net in the Wild and the Blues like losing like 3-2, to 4-2 to two with the empty net or something like that. Most likely guy to score in that game. Are you ready? It's going to be Zach Barisi. Zach Barisi's going to get at least his fourth goal of the season if he doesn't score in the Friday night game. But the Wild, or yeah, and the Wild end up winning at the end of the day. I, I think we're going to sweep them. I think it's going to be like 4-2-ish in both of these games. 4-2, maybe 4-1, 3-1. We'll say 3-1 on Saturday. It'll be a little bit more of a clamp down type of game. But the Wild end up pulling away. 2-1 for most of the while. And we get an empty netter. And do not screw it up this time with some goofy double shift with a 36-year-old player. Just absolutely genius stuff out there. That's real, real smart, Zach. Come on, man. You're, you're so much better than that. You're so much better, Zach. Like, you know, captain material and you do stuff like that. Not, not, not good. Um, but he will score. It'll be his motivation. Yep, you know, he's going to prove us all wrong, right? He'll score, and the Wild end up winning 3-1. to one. We sweep the series. But then we get to play the Golden Knights again. Yikes. We get to play the Golden Knights yet again. Monday the 8th. The Wild win their third game in a row versus the Vegas Golden Knights. What do you think of that? The Wild win their third game in a row versus the Vegas Golden Knights on Monday the 8th. Happy 43rd birthday to my brother. My God, we're getting old. Yep. <laughs> he's like about... He's about a half year, he's about a year to a half year younger than Tom Brady. Yep, and neither of us got to play sports in our 40s. Unfortunately, we'd like to. we got to keep playing, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, a little bit of skating around, I suppose. But uh, I don't think we could skate with any of these guys or even high school players at this point. But nah, probably not. Uh, but the Wild will win versus the Vegas Golden Knights coming up. Of course, we all know about Mark Stone. We know about uh, we know about Paxaretti, who had that one-timer that helped get the Vegas Golden Knights back in the game. Yeah, the game winner, of course, in the OT period, Marc-Andre Fleury. I think he's going to be in that both of the games. Even though the Wild have scored and had some major success against him, he had major success against us most recently. They probably should. If Vegas is smart, then you got to get Robin Leonard in there a little bit. You know, I mean, get going here. Man, Mark Stone just racked up the points versus Minnesota this past week. 24 on the year now. Didn't he have like 17, like just like a minute ago? 16 points, something like that. Now he's at 24. And unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable couple games against Minnesota for Mark Stone. Max Paxaretti with 10 goals on the season to lead the club. Alex Tuck with 9 and a couple of juicies against Minnesota. 16 total points for Tuck. Third line, 19 games, 16 points. Pretty good third line player, eh? Not bad. Him with Marcia Schalt. Man, they're doing a good job over there in Vegas. 
down there, down there, and the down under of the United States. <laughs> the down under, I'm just kidding. But uh, I think the Wilds somehow get a win, 4-2. to two. I keep coming up with the same damn score, and I apologize, but uh, that's how it goes. Most likely got a score will be Kevin Fiala for Minnesota on March the 8th, my brother's 43rd birthday coming up. Mark Stone will wind up with at least two assists, two or three points in the game, probably. We'll see, because that's just how it goes. But the Wild end up winning 5-3. to three. We're going to somehow go crazy. We're going to have a crazy night. A little revenge. A 5-3 to three win over the Golden Knights. 4-3 to three win over the Golden Knights. If it's 5-3, to three, it'd be because of an empty netter. Uh, another goal by Nico Sturm, probably. No, I'm kidding. i got a feeling Sturm's going to keep getting points, going to keep scoring goals. But the most likely guy to score will be Kevin Fiala. He had some success against Vegas in the past. And, of course, the National Predators. <sighs> March the 10th, NBC Sports. Vegas wins. Vegas wins. Vegas wins 5-3 to three over Minnesota. 5-3, to 5-2. It's going to be one of those kind of games. I think Vegas is going to dominate us in that one on national television. Vegas is going to stand out. They're going to look amazing on national TV, and they'll get the job done. Mark Stone, three points probably. Yeah, it's just going to be like that. Stone's going to have like 30 points by next week, the way he's going. He's just dominating right now. Uh, if he keeps this up, he might be in the Hart Trophy candidate. Uh, he might be a Hart Trophy candidate if he keeps this up, but I don't know. I don't know how many people can sustain that kind of numbers, but uh, he's really stepped up in a big way. Vegas has the third best penalty kill in the NHL. That's why it's almost impossible to get any power plays with the worst power play in the NHL. Their power play is only 18th, and they're second in the league in goals against, thanks to Marc-Andre Fleury. It ain't Leonard this year, but maybe in the future. It's funny how they're still kind of a semi-below-average goal-scoring team, but when they're on, they're deadly as bleep. And they're very good at uh, staying out of the penalty box as well. Fourth in the league in that category is Vegas. We split with the biggest Golden Knights. One night, one team's going to have major success, and the next night, the other team will. But I do believe the Wild come out with at least one win versus Vegas and finish 3-1 and one during the course of this week. We'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe one of these goes to OT and the Wild uh, get a win, hopefully. But Vegas is one of the best teams in the league in overtime. They really are. Uh, the last few years, they've been fantastic over the years in OT. So I... If you're going to go to OT versus Vegas, count your prayer, or, you know, say your prayers and hope for the best. But the Wild go 3-1. and one. Let's talk about the prospects now, eh? And as per usual, we will open up with Brennan Menel. And, of course, we'll go to the Iowa Wild right afterwards. But you want to start off with Brennan Menel because he's not really, uh, he wasn't a draft pick for Minnesota. He was a free agent signing. <laughs> Stuck at 38 points, unfortunately. Had a few games last week, but no points. 47 games, 5 goals, 33 assists. Still an amazing season. 60 penalty minutes. He's way up there in the penalty minutes this year compared to previous seasons. But that's how it goes. Alexander Hovanov. Hovanov. Of course, we'll go back to Iowa in a little bit, but Hovanov. How's he doing over there in... It was right in front of me. There we go. In the, in the VHL. 24 points. It looks like... Uh, Hmm. Looks like they're in the postseason already. Four games and nothing, unfortunately. He is a plus one in four games with no points, unfortunately. So stuck at 24-30 and 30 for the regular season. He's on loan from the KHL to the VHL. And, of course, he's now returned to the KHL. But no points in four playoff games for Hovi, Alexander Hovinov. Lacking in the points department, unfortunately. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to see it. Hopefully it continues, but... Uh, uh, it's just not meant to happen at this point, unfortunately for him. Let's have to wait to see Pavel Novak in the Czech League. We'll look at him real quick. 
thanks to Elite Prospects with these, because obviously the other uh, publication I use, Hockey Database, doesn't pick up everything for the from the Euro Leagues for some reason. That's just how that goes. He's in check two at the moment again. Uh, in check one, like the main the main uh, motor sesk sesk. Uh, pardon me. And Pavel Bonet, if he's listening, might be rolling his eyes at me right now. He had only one assist in 15 games, but in check two, that's like the you know lower level you could say. Uh, must be the juniors for him because he's super young. So four points in nine games for him thus far. Unfortunately, yes, four games thus far. <laughs> Sorry, four four points thus far. One goal, three assists for Pavel Novak. We'll see how he develops. Of course, those kind of numbers, you know, they usually the numbers aren't real high usually over there, unless your name is Kirill Kaprizov. That's about it, you know, in the in the Euro League. Uh, Kuznadinov, of course, recovering from that uh, dislocated shoulder. Marco Rossi sounds like he's getting better and uh, still recovering from that uh, strange heart condition. That, uh, you know, the weakening of the hard muscle. I think you've heard about it 50,000 times already, but it is what it is. You want to see him play again, but, eh, you know, health comes first, this and that. <sighs> Hope he's going to be okay. Of course, yeah, it sucks, so he had zero points in that whole thing at the time. I'm seeing something interesting. I'm seeing something very interesting. I think he played. I think he played. He's on loan in the, uh, in the NL. Huh. I think he played in the game and had an assist. I think he's playing. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think he's on loan right now. Uh-oh. And uh, that looks like a Swiss league. Yeah, it must be Swiss. That's a Swiss flag, I believe. I unless I'm going crazy here. Nope, that's not Swiss. That's Austria. I apologize. <laughs> what am I talking about? But um, we'll see what happens there. That's really interesting. Hmm. He played. Marco Rossi played. Uh-oh. Hope he's going to be okay out there. Hey, if he's healthy and he got approval from the doctors, I guess it is what it is. I mean, a guy like that, you better have approval from the doctors. Goodness gracious, say that's kind of scary. But uh, <laughs> okay, well, it is what it is. The ZSC Lions and the Lions roar. Hear the Lions roar. Yep. Well, okay. Good luck. I mean, I'm hoping for the best. There, I really am. Really hoping for the best there. Yeah, it's got to be Austria. That's Austria. Scary though. Uh, I'm I'm scared. Whenever I hear anything about the heart, I get a little nervous. Oh yes, Damon Hunt. Damon Hunt. He is in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. The Verdon Oil Capitals. Five points in three games. Good job. Three goals and two assists for him thus far. And of course, he had three games in the uh, AHL as well. No points for the Iowa Wild. Moving forward, so we kind of started off with some of the random prospects. Uh, not random, but like the more European. It's not as organized because they're in, you know, they're not with on Iowa or anything like that. Let's look at Iowa right now as we move forward. If humanly possible, of course, they haven't really even been playing, unfortunately. Gabriel Dumont, it's been mostly the minor leaguers doing all the scoring. Uh, though Kalen Addison added a couple goals after having three assists to get going. So, yeah, Kalen Addison very recently, they finally played again. A couple of goals for him. Two goals, and now he's at five points in five games. Kalen Addison, the best defenseman already, and in, in the and in the, in the, uh, on the Iowa Wild at the very least. And Mason Shaw has been a point a game player, as he's kind of in, he's out, he's in, he's out, but he managed to score almost every game. Two goals, two assists in only four games. Mitchell Chaffee, uh, 22-year-old from Rockford, Michigan, with uh, four points in six games, all assists. Sokolov with four points in eight games. So he's been quiet after a strong start. And Adam Beckman, now seven games for Iowa. 
He was out of the lineup the other day, but he's back in. Multiple goals. Two goals, one assist in seven games. Not dominating or anything, but he did have that exciting game winner a few weeks back. That was nice. But Gabriel Dumont, 29-year-old, he's kind of like the uh, the O'Reilly of this year. <laughs> the, he's like the Cal O'Reilly of this year, the, the veteran center who's been a career minor leaguer leading the way so far. It is what it is. Um, Joel Rumpel's had a couple of games in night, uh, in net, pardon me. And not spectacular numbers, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. He lost the game, three goals against, and Derek Brabo, he's the best goalie by far in the AHL right now for Iowa. 2.36 goals against average in five games, three and one record for Brabo. He's been fantastic. Louis Belpedi only one assist so far for him. Sean Boudreaux, one assist also for him in four games. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Ryan O'Rourke still in the AHL at the moment. That's nice. Only one assist, but at least he's got something to his name in professional hockey. His first point in professional hockey eclipsed this past week. That's good for him. Um, Kalen Addison, though, nice to see him being a factor, but Iowa's not been so great, unfortunately, thus far this season. Hopefully they continue to emerge. We'll try to jump into the college rankings now, if humanly possible. Also want to check up on certain guys. Uh, yep, Ivan Ladnia has just not been playing at all. He's with Iowa, but he's not been playing. <sighs> it's frustrating. Really wish something would happen there, uh, but it hasn't been. Uh, Brennan DeHaim, yep, not standing out a whole lot for Iowa. Only four games and no points for the tough guy. Tough future third liner for Minnesota, possibly. Bryce Misley, we're going to lead off college with Bryce Misley. Two more games last week and no more points, unfortunately, for the... University of Vermont senior Bryce Misley, fourth round pick, 116th overall in 2017. It's a bummer. I, I wish I wish there was more happening with him. I, I feel for him. Sam Henches, Henkes, Henches. No, it's Sam Henches of St. Cloud State, the junior on this uh, junior this year. Of course, seven goals, seven assists in 21 games for him. Not the biggest numbers this year. I, I, he hasn't taken the step forward that we we're hoping he would, but uh, I don't know. Other guys are getting opportunities as that team continues to improve. That's just how that goes. Simon Johansson had a pretty good week. Eh, good for him. He's now at 10 points in 9 games for Mora Sweden 1. He wasn't getting a whole lot going in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, only 4 points in 37 games, but in this uh, lower league right here, Swedish 1. He's been very good thus far. But again, had to move down a level. So think about that. It's, uh, it's unfortunate when you, when you put that together. Jack McBain Another strong week, very strong week. He's just been super, super, super consistent. Like almost a point a game now, 20 games, 19 points, six of them goals for Boston College. Jack McBain has been a, a standout in a big way. Uh, he's been a, a stud center now for Colorado College. He was a bottom six the last couple of years. He's emerged nicely. Philip Johansson played a couple more games, and <laughs> same point total of 10 over there for him. Philip Philly Lindbergh, he got beat a couple times at Boston College, and <laughs> guys like uh, Phil, uh, Nesterenko and such, but still managed to keep a fantastic goals against average. 1.46 GGA for Philip Lindbergh, my favorite goalie in the system. Looking forward to what he can do in Iowa in a year or so. We'll see what happens. Um, same percentage, just under 95, 4-1 on the season for UMass Amherst. Love Philip Lindbergh. Nikita Nesterenko, beautiful one-timer against Phil Blindberg, of all people. 18 points, that was his seventh goal of the season for Nikita Nesterenko last weekend. Good for him. Plus 15 on the air for the outstanding Boston College Club. 
Yes, sir. 11 assists for him. Marshall Warren, Boston College, Boston College, Boston College, Boston, Boston College. You get the idea. <laughs> I think everyone's for Boston College. Yeah, I know. I, I make fun of it every week, but it's, you know, good job. <laughs> good job, Paul Fenton. It looked weird. It looked crazy, but hey, yeah. Man, they just happen to be from Boston College, I guess, and he happens to be from Boston. And, and uh, oh, wait, the other guy's from Boston, too. What's his name? Bill Guerin. He's from Boston, too. Hmm. Okay, stop. I'll, I'll stop. Plus 13 on the year, seven seven total points. Only two goals for Marshall Warren, but again, solid uh, intangibles player for that club. Goosey, Guskov in the KHL. Uh, two points in the KHL, but we all know what that means. That means he got moved down, and we talk about it every week. <laughs> That's how that goes, except I got this all messed up now. Guskov, Guskov. We'll come back to him in a minute. Like to go back here, you want to go there, and then you go back, and there he is. Here's Matt. Ah, and then you have the wrong one. <laughs> Matvi Guskov. Yeah, Wild have a lot of Russian, like very definitely a Russian flavor with the Minnesota Wild. And when you have Kirill Kaprizov on the roster, you're going to love it. You're going to be singing that Russian national anthem the way things are going. Not big numbers for him, unfortunately, in the junior junior league there. The JCWC just put two and two together there. Uh, not big numbers for him, unfortunately, thus far. Yeah, not a whole lot going on with him. Uh, MHL, there we go. That's what it was, the MHL. Uh, Ten points, five goals, five assists in 14 games. That's decent. He had one game in the VHL and two games in the KHL, but he's producing in the MHL thus far. Is Gutskov, Matvey Gutskov, as he continues to uh, develop slowly but surely. Back when we talked about him, Jones hasn't been in the net since getting shelled majorly a couple games. Poor guy. He was left out to dry. Uh, I feel bad for that guy. First off, you keep thinking that you think of first off, and you think of University of Connecticut, and he's been he's been out, and that's unfortunate. Still stuck at 11 points in 11 games. Matthew Boldy, one of the most exciting prospects in the Wild system, 22 points. In 18 games, 8 goals, 14 assists. Strong, strong run for him. That should wrap up the <laughs> that should wrap up the prospect segment. There's encouragement, there's this, there's that. Iowa's not doing so great. You know, the European players, you just never know what to think. Unless they're just absolutely exploding over there. It's hard to say. Um, <laughs> you know, Kuznodinov wasn't exactly exploding over there. But he showed promise. He looked exciting. His skating is great. And then he has the separated shoulder two weeks ago. So, God rest his season. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for Fan Interaction. Segment number three, fan interaction segment at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. That's usually where we go. Always want to thank Derek Felska for rounding up the questions. It's so awesome when he does that. Encourages uh, encourages his followers and my followers to jump on board. Hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. Though sometimes it's in the notifications as well when people uh, you know when people mention and such. You can kind of mention with a group of people. See if I can. Uh, Vegas is just that good, said JoJo on the beat. I guess so, and we were just that bad, unfortunately. 
That was unfortunate. Do check out Derek Felska though. Uh, Crease and Assist at Crease and Assist is the Twitter account, but look up the uh, look up Crease and Assist. Of course, she'll tweet it out many times. You'll see it on there. That's how you can find it. Probably the easiest way to find him is on Twitter at Crease and Assist, and then he'll tweet out his articles, and then uh, just simply click on that and rock and roll. It's on the Sports Daily, basically. Uh, at Crease and Assist, gotta love that name. Isn't that cool? Hashtag BDWMN is how you can. Uh, get an organized questionnaire with uh, here, get on this podcast. Jay Bushy says, as fans, are we all sick of these late uh, these late West Coast games? They pretty much only see one period at the most. I like the West Coast games because I tend to work second shift. So I'm able to, you know, that way I can kind of watch it right away rather than have to watch a replay really late or early or, or in the morning the next day, that kind of thing. So I kind of like it. I'm one of the few people, second shift, we kind of like, uh, we, 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 we kind of like West Coast games. I understand those of you that work in the morning must uh, not be a big fan, or you just get real sleepy at about 11 o'clock or so at night. Uh, Derek Felska, there it is, says, uh, got a wild question in mind? Just tag it, hashtag BTWMN, and ask as many questions as you want. Please retweet. Yeah, thank you very much. I love that, uh, Derek, so much. Dave Johnson, that's, that's from way back. Yeah, this is when the chronological order gets messed up, unfortunately. Oh, and I gotta try to. Here we go. Derek says, "Will Texas's sudden reopening again, like them getting rid of the mask mandate and opening everything 100 <clears throat> percent?" Hint, hint is why I'm clapping on that. Um, make the NHL's best laid COVID plans go awry for the NHL Central Division? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, the NHL, if you're going to abide by, oh, I better follow this one. Dollar Bill Carrill. I'm not following that. They followed me and I didn't follow back. I apologize. Dollar Bill Carrill. <laughs> That's the nickname. Everyone loves that guy. Now um, was I remember Matt Dubba was wearing that after his game winner versus the LA Kings. That was cool. Um, I don't think it will hurt things. I don't think it's going to hurt it. I mean, I, I, I guess you never know possibility of people like disobeying this and that but the NHL has their own rules don't they pretty much in terms of what players can do so hopefully it shouldn't affect them that's my take on it uh, you know it is what it is me I'd like the, I'd like to see things opened up more here in Minnesota than they are it could be a lot worse believe me it could be a lot worse like it was when it was a total shutdown back in uh, March and April that sucked last year it sucked I mean I, I get it to a point but eventually, yeah, after a bleeping year, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> how so I see the world on that thing. Um, where is... Yeah, it's a bummer. Let's see if I can get... Because I, I know there's more. I know there's a significant amount more. Here we go. Teresa Ferry says, So, Parisi has been scratched for tonight's game. 3-3-21. Yep, that'd be uh, March 3rd, 24. Yep. Uh, usually means illness, personal problem at home, or traded. What is your take? Well, he was scratched because of that. Uh, he was scratched because of that stupid, uh, stupid double shift that he he refused to come out of the game when uh, you know when even the guy he was trying to get a hat trick for Felino went out and Parisi didn't go out because Parisi's got his own set of rules. You know, it's the Parisi rules. It was stuff like that. Uh, I don't hate Zach Parisi, but I don't like that kind of attitude. And he was basically like, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I don't agree with it. I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I'm just going to get over it and move on. Like, I, I couldn't give a crap what the coach or the GM does. That I didn't like when he said that. That's not exactly how he said it, but it kind of sounded like it to me. So, um, <laughs> not a personal problem at home. Personal problem in the locker room, I think. Uh, that that did not... 
I, I didn't like what he said. Uh, it's on the Minnesota Wild podcast, six-minute uh, conversation, like a Zoom call, whatever. I didn't like what Zach said. It's interesting as a media member, even though I'm alternate media. I'm not like her, you know. I'm not working for KFAN or Score North or anything. But uh, I, I work for Brave the Wild. <laughs> Brave the Wild counts for something. I hope after 12 years and 12 and a half years, Derek Felska jumps in. Hunter Jones had some really rough starts in his first few outings in the NHL for Iowa. Should we be fairly skeptical of his NHL future, or at least with the Minnesota Wild? Whenever you see numbers like that, I, I'm always skeptical. A lot of the guys that have numbers like that, usually, they're usually probably, their chances are slightly less, or sometimes much less. Hopefully, you know, it, it depends on what's going on between the uh, between the years with him. If he can uh, get over it and move on, so to speak, now that I just used that against Zach Parise, I want to use it uh, in a positive way for uh, Hunter Jones. If he can, quote-unquote, get over that and move on, and of course the fact that he was badly undermanned. It wasn't It wasn't nearly as much his fault in the second game as it was his first. First game, maybe you're gonna just you're just not ready for that level. Second game, there was nobody there to help him. I, I hope it doesn't kill his confidence, because goalies really rely on confidence and and uh, that even keel mindset, this and that. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Hunter Jones, yep, I'm, I'm not skeptical, but I'm a little bit worried. A little bit worried. So, if 10 is like you're really, really worried and 1 is like you're not worried at all, I'm at about a 4 on that one. I'm a little bit worried, a little bit, but I'm not like, oh, shit, he's he's done. Pardon my French. Uh, that's how I look at that. Pardon my French. Derek Felsner continues, has, will the Minnesota Wild regret losing Alex Stalock on waivers when the NHL expansion draft rolls around? Because I think we all kind of understood he was there to be taken, to be the token goalie to leave exposed. It turns out... I've heard, at least from Judd Zolgad, that we have to protect Kakinen no matter what. Now, um, Kakinen has to be protected. There's different sources that have said in the past that you don't, we don't have to protect Kakinen. He's still restricted, that type of thing. I've heard, though, that you do have to protect him. And if you do, I guess that's the one you're going to protect because uh, compared to uh, Cam Talbot. It would suck to lose Cam Talbot, but if you can only protect one goalie, it might as well be Kapo Kakinen. That's what I've heard. Um, I get that mindset, though. If you didn't have to protect Kakinen, yeah, I'd rather have Stalock exposed than a Cam Talbot. Odds of Seattle taking Talbot not super high, and if they do, well, yeah. Well, I guess you got to sign a free agent again and hope it's a, another decent one like Talbot's been, except the last couple of nights giving, five, giving up five goals. But, uh, again, a lot of those were not 100% his fault. There were guys falling over, like Susi. And, and uh, yeah, Susi didn't have a good game yesterday. He, he The past couple of games weren't good for uh, Carson Susi, in my opinion. And Studer has just been meh all season. Oh, boy. Maybe because, oh, God, they have to be held accountable once in a while. Oh, bleep this. Screw these guys. Let's let's lose on purpose. Here we go. Derek Felscott with the Minnesota Wild apparently scratching Zach Parisi. Is this a sign he's being dangled or just nearing the end of the line? Both. 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 <laughs> I'm hoping for both, and I'm thinking both, too. I I, I think both. I, I got to think Zach Parisi's days in Minnesota are coming near an end. He was almost rated last year, and he was okay with it. And it would have been a cool reun- uh, reuniting over there in... Uh, in, uh, in uh, <laughs> the New York Islanders with a former uh, New Jersey uh, general manager. I, I think it is coming near an end with Zach Parisi, one way or another. Again, you just hope and pray that Capri Capture doesn't come back and bite us in the you-know-what, but uh, 
maybe it just maybe it won't. Maybe I won't have to worry too much about that one. Um, he he hasn't been the same player. He looks way older, kind of like Ricky Rubio with the Wolves. It's just like what the hell happened? Favre in twenty ten, that kind of thing. He doesn't look like the same guy. And again, but the behavior has been the same, and that's frustrating. Yeah, Tom Hayen shared last episode. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm not seeing any Tom Hayen lightning rod, though. Where are you, Tom? Oh, no. I don't know if he said anything. Maybe it was just in the regular conversation. Tom Hayen didn't get involved this week. Must have been busy. Oh, bummer, man. I, I missed you. I hope I didn't piss him off somehow. Or well, Phantom Jay Bushy, Teresa Ferries, JoJo on the beat, Derek, of course. Thank you. Justin Bucky. That was on the 27th, though. These are all older ones, unfortunately. Love hearing from all of you so much. Ty Sandstrom, I swear I saw that. So I'll go to the notifications now before I wrap this up. I don't want to ignore potential conversation here. Um, Jay Bushy was saying, from what I saw, Fleury played very well and the game was close until the third period. Yep, mini odd man rushes. That's the theme, mini odd man rushes. That was JoJo on the beat asking what happened versus Vegas. And that was Jay's response. Tom Hayen. Well, he's replying to something here. He says, was two different cans of shark shit in the first 35 minutes, <laughs> but controlled the play in the final 25. Marc-Andre Fleury was just better. Start of the game was putrid. <sighs> yep, Coppers off Calder was nothing short of impressive. Capo needs the cage next game. I, I agree. Yep, Capo Kakanen needs to be in the net again. Yep, um, I, I think Capo Kakanen gets a couple wins next week. That's my guess. A couple of the wins. And then uh, Talbot gets one of the, gets the third one. And we lose one, maybe with Talbot and that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yep, there's Derek's article there. It was, I thought I retweeted it. I'm going to retweet it again if I didn't. Whoops. Yeah, the uh, Vegas rolling over the Minnesota North Stars there. No, I love those. Those, those. Uh, what, what are they called? Breezers. That's the best part because you got the stars. Oh, so freaking cool. So freaking cool. That's when the North Stars were like the coolest team in the world. Eben Johan says, regardless where I travel, I use the phone app Fox Sports Co. when I'm on the road. I have Xfinity, and it seems to work. It seems to work for me as well, thankfully. <laughs> yep, I agree with that. Uh, conversation about how we're going through some struggling here with uh, YouTube TV. and That's why I didn't get YouTube TV. There was something in the still small voice saying, watch out. Yep, regional TV shouldn't matter. Yep, this kind of TV conversation. What's Bushy, uh, Jay Bushy saying here? About much makes no sense. Well, where is it? It's not loading. The infamous spinning wheel and nothing happening. Don't you just love when the when things? Yeah, it's Twitter's Twitter's on the you know what. Just rhyme it. Yeah, it's doing it everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the spinning wheel. Here's some more. Blah blah blah. Yep, it's doing the infamous spinning wheel. I guess that's my cue to say screw it at this point, and I apologize because I've refreshed this and it's just doing the same thing. Yep, infamous, something went wrong, try again. I don't know if my internet's dying or Twitter's crashing. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm seeing a lot of spinning wheels right now, which is uh, great. What's this spinning wheel shit? Well, other websites are working, so it's Twitter is on the shitter. Yeah, I apologize for the uh, the language, but it's irritating when you're trying to count on it for communications. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe I'm just not on the right. Maybe my politics don't line up with Twitter, so they're kicking me off that uh, for Brave the Wild as well. <laughs> with that said, please uh, interact with me on uh, with your voice as well. You can certainly do that. You'd lead off fan interaction if you send in an audio submission. Simply open up any uh, free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Press the record button, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. 
Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Always, always greatly appreciate that so very much. So very much if you could do that. Going to give shout-outs to Minnesota, uh, or MNW Prospects, Minnesota Wild Prospects. MNW Prospects is what it really is called. Uh, at MNW Prospects and Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. Love being a part of that page. Unfortunately, again, no juniors right now. I'm not sure what the hell's going on. It's already March, so I guess there's not going to be any juniors. I feel bad for those players. That's really messed up. I don't know why they did that. Like, what's the point? Just play. I don't get it. See, it's stuff like that that drives me nuts. Complete shutdown for what? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. NHL's playing. Uh, Euro leagues are playing. Uh, AHL's playing in February. They finally started in February. That's kind of crazy. But so why, why didn't the juniors play? So I'd be covering the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the BCHL for that, but I'm unable to do that right now because those leagues aren't playing. It is what it is. Uh, but great to be a part of that. Pavel Bennett, Justin Baki, who's also on the Sound of the Foghorn podcast, uh, Chad Walski, Brandon Quast, awesome guy. He writes for uh, Minnesota Wild, uh, Minnesota Wild Wilderness for SB Nation. I believe he's still on God Puck Wild. Uh, I also loaded up my capo, uh, my the case for Kakinen article on God Puck Wild. I'm proud to write for them. Uh, Lake Martin, guys like that. Love writing for that page. Um, awesome, awesome. Always appreciate that. Um, major shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation. On Minnesota Wild Global, you got uh, Scott Cavendish, Chance Costick, David Costick, Chad Wolski, Kathy Main, and many others on that page. Awesome, awesome. Uh, David Abraham, awesome people out there talking. They, they know their hockey. They're passionate about it. They love it very much. And, uh, you know, we express our frustrations and express our joy and happiness when good things happen. As um, long as we're not all Kool-Aid fans, which I refuse to be. <laughs> I choose not to be a Kool-Aid fan. That's why I dug into Parisi a little bit, because I'm frustrated. Frustrated. It's been it's been a frustration with the, some of the selfishness behind the scenes with uh, some of the country club members and the organization that are still hanging around forever and ever and ever and ever. You get the idea. They're like the two girls in uh, <laughs> Parisian Suter, like the two girls in The Shining. Come and play with us, Danny. We want to play with you forever and ever. Yeah, it's turning into that. I, I don't know. <laughs> At least in my opinion, that's the way I see it. Forgive me if you uh, hate it so much that I would dare to say that. Um, Minnesota Wild Nation. Patrick Turner, great guy, uh, running that page and many others on there. Some of the uh, Minnesota Wild Global people go to both pages. Fun, wild conversation and, and uh, images and graphics and such. They do all, all do a great job. For that, with, with that said, again... Please do write a positive rating for iTunes uh, on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Audible. Those are the three publications you can write a positive review for Brave the Wild if you want to help out. I will uh, mention you on air, and thank you very much if you were kind enough to do that. Can't uh, thank you enough in advance for those of you that would be kind enough to do that. With that said, hope you have a good week. Hope the Minnesota Wild continue to head in the right direction, and don't <laughs> let's hope for no downslide here after a couple of nasty finishes in Vegas. With that said, take care and talk to you next week.